1: Good morning. It is Thursday, December 1st. It is five minutes after 11. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. Thank you so much for listening this morning. And we start the hour off by talking about Congressman Jim Comer. He said Republicans are preparing for 40 to 50 different investigations once they control the House in January. He said we have the ability to investigate a lot of things and... Some of the things that they have mentioned that are possible investigations include Hunter Biden, COVID-19 origins, Ukraine spending, COVID-19 spending, the southern border, and also the withdrawal from Afghanistan. So let's talk about the Ukraine spending, because he claims there's no transparency right now on how that money is being spent.
2: Well, I've been talking about this for six months now. I mean, you keep hearing X amount of dollars to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And for that money, we got what? And there's never an answer for that money. We got what? And that's a pretty government thing to be unaccountable and and not put any effort into letting the taxpayers know what their reward for their contribution was but you would think in something like ukraine where a clear victory would be a clear win for the politicians who have invested so much for some reason in ukraine and the outcome of ukraine to never you're never hearing like if we hadn't done this then this would have happened it's always the it is no contribution doomsday scenario but there's never an accountability which raises more red flags when there seem to be concrete allegations that taxpayer money that went to ukraine ended up in the palms of the ftx guy who Mm. just so conveniently happened to be a gigantic mega donor to democrats and democrat related causes and yet here we are uh almost a year not quite a year yet but we're going on what nine months of tens of billions of dollars of investment in ukraine Mm -hmm. and we have no idea exactly where the money went how it was spent and most importantly as a taxpayer what i want to know is what was my return Mm -hmm. for that investment and and james comer said they're going to investigate just that what is your committee going to focus on as it relates to the money where it's gone to Ukraine, and how much do you think, how much support do you think still exists to continue this funding among Republicans in the House for this war?
3: Well, first of all, there has been no
0: transparency with where the Ukraine foreign aid is gone. Just because the the administration says, well, you, we gave them forty billion. 30 billion went for arms and 10 billion went through humanitarian relief. If they think that's being transparent, then uh, they don't realize how this new Republican majority is going to be. I mean, we're going to try to be serious about getting the backs of the American taxpayers. We want to know exactly uh, what arms were purchased from who. And when you talk about humanitarian relief, where did that humanitarian relief go? Who were the vendors? We want to spot check to make sure if you said you sent this much humanitarian relief to this part of Ukraine, we actually want to make sure that it actually ended up where the federal government says it did. That's the type of oversight we're going to provide. So to say that uh, the Biden administration has been transparent with where the Ukrainian foreign aid has gone thus far is not true.
1: He went on to say that our committee has already done a lot of informative, substantive work, and that once we get the subpoena power, we'll be able to accelerate and get some answers that every American deserves. I mean, you think it'd be pretty obvious that there would almost be an itemized list somewhere. <laughs> Of this is what we sent. This is how much it costs. Um, you know, they just approved another four hundred million dollar, you know, package in weapons, and it's the twenty-fifth military aid package that the Biden administration has approved, and it's billions and billions of dollars at this point. When you go to pay your taxes, are you going to be able to claim Ukraine as a dependent?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Hey, speaking of money, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Because our buddy Kloppensteinstein posted this on social media Yeah, and I had no idea about this because I don't I don't know about you. How often do you actually use money anymore?
1: Uh, More than, I think, the average person. Really? Yeah, because when I go to cash out somewhere and they say, you know, check or credit card, hey, do you accept American money?
2: Right. You, you actually, and I'm sure they love you then, because they lo- places love, places love. Sometimes,
1: except for the Taco Bell that I go to downtown, they don't take well, cash.
2: Well, no, I'm saying like uh, the store itself would mm-hmm. love you, and they, obviously, the people who wait on you, if there's a tip involved, would love you, because mm-hmm. cash is... Not to say untraceable, but it's much harder to trace. <laughs> We're catch. still allowed
1: to use it, right? S- so you still are allowed to use it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I cannot think of the last time I've used, I mean, I guess I've used dollar bills on occasion, but mm-hmm. the change usually just goes in a jar in, right. my, you know, in my car. I've got mm-hmm. a little change jar like everybody else does. But Klavensteinstein posted this, how much different the 2022 quarter is compared to the 2021 quarter. And he put them side by side, and and he is absolutely right, that on the 2022 quarter, George Washington yeah. is facing a different way what? than on the 2021 quarter. We get his other side, his other profile? Yeah, like he's looking, what would be if you're looking at the quarter, he would be looking to your right if you're looking at the quarter, as you're looking at the quarter, your right on the 2022 quarter. He's looking to the left on the 2022 one quarter so the different side of him you yeah. see the different side of his head and that his his, his head is much bigger on the 2022 quarter
1: oh, you're gonna have to send me that yes. picture i, w- I want to see that this now, is unbelievable I, I wonder if there.
2: what's the significance i don't know of that? that's what i'm trying to figure out and why would you change it like somebody had to go in there and say there is something wrong with the profile george washington's profile on this quarter mm-hmm. we must flip it and make it bigger
1: or we're just bored with that you side. Mean, maybe of that's what it is,
2: right? Take a look at the other side. I mean, how much did that cost? Like, what went into making a new quarter? When we're as obviously as a collective trying to phase out money, Kevin. When's the last time you used money? Can
3: you think of the last time you used actual money? I think I uh it's probably been a couple months. Yeah, but I usually just carry my card around. Like, has your when was your daughter
1: mm-hmm. when did, she was home over Thanksgiving? And I think. I don't know. I, I would assume a lot of parents do this. When she left home to go back to Purdue, I asked, "Do you have any money with you?" And she's like, eh, "And I, you know, give her some you money." Gave her, so
2: she knows how to use money. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I'm not asking. Anybody, and, and, and I also said, if somebody says, "Do you have money?", the answer is always no. You right. need more. But I would guess that people, because she's 21, right? Mm-hmm. People from her generation have very scarcely used many Walk of them. Walk around with the debit ca- card, cash, or the credit right? card.
1: Yeah. No, I always make sure that she's got actual cash on hand. Yeah,
2: that's a good idea.
1: You know, just in case she's ever in a bind. Right.
2: No, that's a good idea. But I just wondered, like, when, you know, other than an emergency, like, mm-hmm. would your daughter, and she's very bright, and I'm not going to hold the fact that she's goes sure to I'm sure she Br- spent Purdue it on something her, but,
1: frivolous, though. No, but I'm I mean, saying. mean, it's
2: supposed to be emergency she, money. Your daughter could make, <laughs> your daughter could make change. Yo, yes. Well, why are you? Look, she. You go, she knows not to count. Well, but 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 you laugh. I like laugh at all the time. you go to these restaurants and stuff, and people. She's studying make biology change. at Purdue. I, I certainly I hope just, she knows how to I make change. I just told you I was not going to hold the back that she went to Purdue against her. I was going to go into this with an open mind. I bet there's a lot of people who would really younger people who would struggle to make change. I see it at the at the stores all the time. Yeah.
1: That's that's an indictment on young people everywhere. Well,
2: I just... <laughs> but yes, look at the quarters. I have looked at them. They are right there. He is absolutely correct. They are markedly different, and I have no idea why.
1: It's 14 After 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And quickly, let's mention how the House Democrats have elected Hakeem Jeffries as their minority leader. So he is a congressman from New York. He is succeeding Nancy Pelosi. Uh, the outgoing speaker, she's been there for for, what, 30 years since uh, George W. Bush's first term?
2: No, she's been there 30, I think she was elected in 87, and she has been Speaker of the House since 2006, not continuously, but uh, first elected Speaker in 2006, which would have been the, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Hakeem Jeffries was very quick to let everybody know, and everybody can just give a big sigh of relief that absolutely nothing is changing with the Democrat Party. What an incredible blessing to be able to continue to rely on the life experiences, the wisdom, the leadership instincts, the skills, the talent and ability of Speaker Pelosi, Lita Hoyer and Jim Clyburn. It's a blessing that we embrace. We stand on their shoulders. What what life experience would that be from Nancy Pelosi? She was born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Her father was the mayor of Baltimore, an incredibly powerful person. She married an uber-wealthy individual, wanted for nothing her entire life, born on third base, and has been in the United States Congress for 35 years. And
1: then parlayed that to even more money. Yeah. Uh, So, Hakeem Jeffries says that uh, he's going to advance the ball for everyday Americans and get stuff done. Oh, great. That is his plan.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: Keep in mind that uh, on the other side, Kevin McCarthy would like to be the uh, Speaker of the House, but he hasn't secured enough votes to make that happen just yet. They're going to have to vote on that in January. It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. And coming up next, we will pay homage to... uh, lady uh, musical icon who passed away. It's 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You better not bow. I'm
1: telling you why you
3: No, no, 7 no, no 7 just, 11. Say,
1: just let it go. Fine. <laughs> you okay? Right, sorry. You okay over no, it's there? fine. You go now. I
3: know he plays that to put you in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. Rob's has a tear trickling down his face. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that
1: <laughs> the, That's beautiful. Is, is beautiful.
3: that the best Christmas song ever?
2: I, I told you my story with this song, did I not? No. I, I'm certain I've told this story. So December seventeenth mm-hmm. of this year will be the 20th anniversary of the first time I saw Bruce Springsteen in person
3: mm-hmm.
2: at, uh, well, was, I think it was Conseco Fieldhouse yeah. back then. And it was, uh, he always plays this during Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And part of the deal was everybody down in the, the pit, the standing room only on the floor, had Santa Claus hats on. And during this song, they all started throwing their hats up onto the stage And he started going through the pile looking for the best Santa hat. And then he started tossing Santa hats to the members of his band. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he played a whatever it was, a three and a half hour show. And it was this emotional roller coaster. And you learn a lot about yourself and your inner pain. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use kick opened the doors to my heart and Mm -hmm. showed me the life I will lead going forward will never be the same as the one I lived. I'm not going to use all those phrases, but (laughs) the girl I went with when we got done, you know, I'm jazzed up. It's a brand new brave frontier, right? you know, nothing will be the same again as it was before. And I said, you know, what'd you think? And she said, I don't know when he played Santa Claus is coming to town. That was kind of cute.
1: <laughs> it was a life changing moment for for you. Yeah, but for her it was
2: okay. I, I, you know, you're so disappointed. If, if there had been a camera, you would have actually been able to see my heart break in half.
3: <laughs> so when you hear that song, does it remind your you? Eye. It, it reminds you of that time and makes you feel bad.
2: Well, no, I get to tell that story which is hilarious because that is the most that is the most growing up thing ever, right? Like you are uh in your mind, you're in love with this girl mm-hmm. and you 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 know you you think this is the you know, this she's is, the one. And this could be, you know, you go through all this stuff, you you get it's totally ridiculous, it's based in nothing, and then you go to the concert and you realize this is the last person I should be with. Mm-hmm. And then you still got to get all the way home after that. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you break up shortly after that?
2: Well, there's no relationship there. It was just, I got to get this girl home because I'd probably have a paper <laughs> if I said you could walk. <laughs> <laughs> and see, 20 years later, I still get to tell that story. Very good. Absolutely. Very good. Let's
1: talk about another uh, music person. Christine McVie passed away. The co-lead vocalist and keyboardist of Fleetwood Mac died. And she was 79 years old. And Stevie Nicks expressed her pain after the loss she said my best friend okay pay attention to this yes, quote and tell sure. me what you find a little odd about okay. this. she said my best friend in the world saying she had no clue christine was sick <laughs> until the weekend passed away she wanted to be with her but she was told to wait
2: my best friend okay so i guess my thing would be my best friend in the entire world mm-hmm. followed by i had no idea that that she person was had sick. been ill
1: yeah exactly That's what seemed a little odd to me. Uh, Christine McVie joined Fleetwood Mac in 1970. They formed in 1967, and she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Fleetwood Mac in 1998.
2: So obviously Fleetwood Mac spanning decades, Mm -hmm. generations, Mm -hmm. all sorts of hits, Mm -hmm. accolades, individual hits, Mm -hmm. accolades. Where do we put, when you factor in longevity mm-hmm. success notoriety like when we're taking all those things where do we put Fleetwood Mac I mean I don't think you would say okay Fleetwood Mac is the equivalent of the Rolling Stones or the Beatles but I think in terms of when you factor in mm-hmm. the things we just laid out yeah Fleetwood Mac is way up on the list yeah right?
1: they're up there pretty far uh, with the staying power. And I think the thing that makes them different is the fact that they had the two female vocals, right. where you compared them to the Rolling Stones or the Beatles, all males. All
2: right, Kevin, you're the musician, so I'm just free in this. But if you were to say most famous influential bands off the top of your head, go, mm. I would think I would probably say the Beatles, yeah, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, and then I think the fourth one, and again I'm just totally free this off the top of my head. I don't know. Is it like the Who?
3: I would it, probably say Jimi Hendrix. But that's not a band. Well, Jimi Hendrix experience. No, 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 no. That no Noel Redding doesn't get any
2: credit over here.
3: No, no, no. Mitch you, Mitchell.
2: No, look, that's like what? That was like three years. I, by the way, did you know I took a, a 400 level class in college on the history of Jimi Hendrix? Really? Four hundred level. That's like that is like as high as you can go. Did you pass it? I got an A plus plus. Nice. Hundred and four percent. Thank you very much. Uh, but that no, that was like two, two or three years. No, I'm talking like the whole lexicon of you know years and years of hits and people. Is it like Crosby, Stills and Nash? Is mm-hmm. it? I'm talking a band here. Who would the fourth one be?
3: Honestly, wow. Fleetwood Mac might be. It, that are they on one. there? Are they that? Are they that big? I don't know. I feel like they influenced a lot of women, especially, like females and the female artists. Very popular. Every time I hear Don't Stop Thinking
1: About Tomorrow, I just picture Bill Clinton and Al Gore on stage together. Al Gore clapping
3: out of
2: rhythm.
1: Yeah. Um, For someone who came from a a music radio background, I felt for a very long time that Fleetwood Mac was overplayed Yeah, just so sterilized and just and i got quite frankly sick of their music well that is interesting but then i've kind of come full circle back to appreciating them well again. that is
2: interesting too right because fleetwood mac is i'm just picking radio stations here in central indiana like you could hear fleetwood mac on everything from mm-hmm. jjk mm-hmm. to q95 to b1057 mm-hmm. to whatever they call 1079 now i mean and I realize I'm committing a radio sin here mentioning other radio stations, but Fleetwood Mac would fit in all, the formats. all those genres. Yeah. Like Led Zeppelin, you're going to hear them on two stations, right. Q95 and JJK. Mm-hmm. I guess part of the charm of a Fleetwood Mac is the variety of radio formatics, which you would say they totally fit into. They're in a two.
1: staple of adult contemporary radio. I mean, yeah. you could not have an adult contemporary format without Fleetwood Mac on your playlist.
2: Yeah, yeah. Libertarian Dragons right in the chat. That's terrible. And like I said, it's freewheeling on the top of my head. It's Eagles, Eagles have got to be. Yeah, Eagles are. The I, Eagles are I, way ahead of the Fleetwood Mac. Right. I actually
3: just thought of another one that could be very influential. Nirvana.
2: Kevin, we're gonna <laughs> cut your mic off. We're gonna just turn it off. Nobody else gives the producer on this radio station the uh, freedom we give you, and you're blowing it right now. <laughs> Nirvana. Would we? Where, where would? Before we go to break, would we put the Eagles ahead of Fleetwood Mac? I don't no, know. No. As far
1: as actual Fleet, hits go. Fleetwood
2: Mac has nothing that compares to Hotel California, right? There's no upper echelon right. Fleetwood Mac song. So while they may have been, because Eagles obviously took a huge break. All of a of Fleetwood Mac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eagles have to be ahead of Fleetwood Mac,
1: right? <laughs> as far as influential, possibly, yeah. I I think you're onto something there.
2: Yeah.
1: We've got uh, Donald Rainwater coming up next. We're going to speak with him. But uh, as we go to break, the seven probably most popular songs that Christine McVie contributed to. Here they are. It's 93 W.I.B.C.
2: on Casey Show and Rob Casey's here. And, you know, Casey, one of the topics that we have been trying to get our fabulous audience to understand and pay attention to is what is about to happen to many of their property tax bills.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, the average or the median annual property tax in Indiana, uh-huh. are you ready for this? Yes. Do you know what the number is? No, I don't. It is $1263. Wow,
2: that's uh That's a lot of money that goes for something you haven't monetized. And we've talked about this, that they are about to go up for many people quite a bit because Mm -hmm. of this assessment uh, process, this very flawed assessment process. And nobody really in the Indiana General Assembly is saying anything about it other than uh, our esteemed governor, High Tax Holcomb, who basically said... I'm uh, more concerned about revenue to the treasury than helping uh, you know the middle class or the elderly elderly people on fixed incomes. So uh, yeah, no priority there. So we don't really have any Republicans we can talk about with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one person who has been talking about this for a very long time, in fact, all the way back to 2020 when he ran for governor, is uh, Donald Rainwater. He joins us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Rainwater, why is it that no Republicans in any sort of position of authority seem to want to address property assessments? and property taxes?
0: Well, good morning, Rob. Good morning, Casey. Thanks for having me. And the short answer is they have no backbone. They have no principles. They do uh, just the opposite of what they tell voters uh, their uh, governing philosophy is. They say they're for uh, lower taxes and smaller government, and yet they are uh, ballooning the state budget. And uh, in order to do that, they have to continue the legalized robbery, as Calvin Coolidge put it, of collecting more taxes than they need to do the job of government, which is to protect our individual rights.
2: Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, Don. Because this is a in ma- Casey, I talked about this yesterday. This is a made-for issue for the Republicans, right? It's like uh, taxes are getting too high. We're supposed to be the party of lower taxes. We could all swoop in here and be heroes and say, "Look at what we did! Look at how we saved everybody!" And yet, nobody seems to want to take this on because the reality is, the the Republicans like big government and legalized vote by as much as the Democrats.
0: Oh, absolutely, Rob. You know, I'm very fond of saying with uh, Republicans like we have in Indiana, we don't need Democrats. Uh, That's uh, exactly (laughs) the way that Democrats would uh, uh, choose to govern, and the Republicans are doing it. So uh, there is no uh, option for the Hoosier citizen than to look elsewhere uh, and and try to to get somebody in office who will actually protect them from this legalized robbery.
2: It is Kendall Casey Show. Donald Rainwater joining us on the DriveHubler hotline. We're talking about property taxes, property tax assessments, and again, we would love to have. Republican lawmakers, the governor, any of these people come on and talk about this, but nobody is talking about this, and it's going to hit everybody uh, very soon. Now, Rainwater, you made this kind of a central focus of one of several in your campaign in 2020 about the idea of property taxes and property tax assessments. Nobody was talking about it at the time. What should we do with property taxes? How should we deal um, with taxing people's homes, or should we tax them at all?
0: Well, in a perfect world, we would eliminate property taxes because the reality is you can't own something that you have to pay the government semi-annual rental uh, payments in order to keep. Because, you know, if you don't pay your property taxes, they take your property away. That's asset forfeiture. And uh, that's another form of legalized robbery that the government employs uh, to create fear and make sure that you pay them their pound of flesh. So, the, you know, in a perfect world, we would eliminate that altogether. But since we don't live in a perfect world, and again, the the people in the General Assembly and the governor's office don't really care uh, to... Um, whether you own your property or not. They think they own you, let alone your property. So I would say that the first logical step would be uh, to take the big lie that is uh, property taxes are capped and first of all, be honest that because of these assessments, they're not capped. Your property taxes go up annually.
2: Yeah, no, that's a that, that, that a real quick, Don, so that's that's a great point because the assessment, as Casey and I have talked about at, at length, mm-hmm. these assessments don't negate any sort of reform that your local agency of government might do. Because if the assessment goes up, you know, thirty percent, and you get a ten percent actual rate reduction, you are still paying more in, in property taxes. I mean to cut you off, but I think that's a, that's a that's a great point.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And the reality is is uh, the first step should be that we should uh, get our General Assembly to pass legislation that caps uh, your primary residence at 1% of the purchase price. Yeah. So, so, you're saying if, if you if you so buy a it home, never goes up. Yeah, and we find something else for assessors to do.
2: Yeah, so if you're if you buy a home for $150,000, mm-hmm. you're paying your one percent on the $150,000 for the life of you owning
0: that home. That's correct. Only I would take it one step further, Rob. When I buy a, a washing machine or a pair of pants. Uh, I pay a seven percent sales tax, right. basically in the state of Indiana. So what I would say is that uh, it should be one percent of the purchase price of the property, up to seven percent. Once you've paid seven percent, you should be done.
2: Oh yeah, I like that. So you pay you basically like seven like seven times you would do that, and then you're out.
0: Or you can pay it at closing as a seven. You know that's roughly what real estate agents are charging now. Yeah, seven percent right of the purchase price. I, um, I like that. As a veteran, as a veteran, I have a, a VA funding fee that I pay. It gets rolled into the mortgage. Uh, a possible solution is seven percent at closing. You're done. Yeah. No asset forfeiture, uh, no senior citizens on fixed incomes losing their homes because they can 't pay the rising property taxes and and just to tack on one other little thing here real quick, Rob, most people when I start talking about this, want to throw out well you know that's that 's where local governments get their money, and that 's how we pay for schools and and the reality is is that our general assembly has shown a propensity for taking money that was earmarked for one thing yeah. and spending it on other stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's not a viable excuse. And we just need to force, you know, the easiest way to lose weight is to cut down on what you intake. Yeah. And if you want your big government to shrink, then we've got to cut down on the revenue that we, pardon me, that we let them collect. Doesn't
1: a property assessor have some sort of burden of proof that they have to justify?
0: (laughs) Well, Casey, it's the government. They don't have the burden of proof is always on the citizen. That's something that we've allowed our government to do. That is, here again, you know, we, you know, it's like Jefferson said when, you know, when the citizens are afraid of the government, there's tyranny. When the government is afraid of the citizens, there's liberty. Yeah. We don't have liberty. We have tyranny because the government can, can force you to do what they want, and you have to prove that they're wrong.
2: All right, hey, Rainwater, before we let you go, um, I feel like we did our part to try to make a better state government uh, based on the election results inside of the 17-county area within 60 miles of where people can, uh, downtown Indianapolis. However, once again, the Libertarian had a big problem outside of central Indiana. You're probably gonna run for governor again, I would assume. I want you to do well. What's the plan? I mean, because it seems like we've had this problem two elections in a row, inside where people can hear us, great everywhere else it's a big it's a big uh you know lift. What is the plan to try to move this party forward to make them as effective outside of central Indiana as
0: they are in? Well, Rob, I don't want to speak for Evan McMahon the the state chair. Um, And, and, uh, you know, obviously no one has formally announced uh, running for the libertarian um, uh, candidacy for governor yet. Uh, But if it were me, uh, the thing that I think we need to do is understand that we need to raise money better. And in order to raise money better so that we can get our message out statewide – because uh, we have to do the same kind of television advertising and direct mail advertising that the two old parties do. That, to me, is the key. And and so the fundraising and having people step forward and say, you know, I understand and I believe that even though it's a broken political system that is dependent upon millions of dollars, if we want to change it, we've got to put millions of dollars behind the right people. And so I think we're going to be out there trying to raise a lot of money so that we can get our message out statewide, not two weeks before the election, but a year before the yeah. election.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, that or you could just get us syndicated in the four other corners of the state. If you could pull that off, mm-hmm. uh, we're happy to continue to spread the message of liberty Oh, and
0: I, I would love to have you syndicated in the four corners of the state, <laughs> sir. That would be great. Uh, Donald Rainwater,
2: the, one of the first people publicly talking about the property tax assessment issue, which is now about to be a very big issue for pretty much everybody here in the state of Indiana. As usual, libertarians way ahead of the curve in terms of governmental problems. Donald Rainwater, thank you, my friend.
0: Thank you both. Have a great rest of your day.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: It's the most wonderful time of the year. You two are ridiculous. (laughs) With the kids thank you you two reminded You're me awesome. in about three minutes yeah. why I got out of elected office
1: oh I just wish everyone could see how you were literally pulling your hair out
2: because the three to five minutes or whatever it was it seemed like an eternity <laughs> that I just spent with you two people on something very simple mm-hmm. was what I went through 24 I hours don't... a day seven days a week when I was an elected person hey
1: time out I don't think your instructions were Very clear. You were very clear.
2: (laughs) And this is the way it used to go. You'd call Fred. Hey, Fred, I want to do A, B, and C. Uh, Okay, let me think it over. And then you'd call Tony. Hey, Tony, I want to do A, B, and C. Okay, I'll think it over. You're very specific with both Fred and Tony about what you'd like to do, and I need your input on this. And then when you call Fred and Tony back, they're giving input on the thing that you didn't ask them to give input on.
3: I can tell you're so frustrated because uh, there are veins bulging out of your neck right now. So
2: during the break, (laughs) I asked Kevin and Casey because we did not settle the thing on the bands
3: Mm -hmm. because
2: Christine McVie has passed away. Yeah. And I said, we need to figure out and have our audience was trying to do something nice for the audience, Mm -hmm. which that's the last time I tried to do that because you two (laughs) made it as difficult as you possibly could. Okay, we have a consensus that on the greatest bands of all time Mm -hmm. that we had the Beatles Mm -hmm. and the Rolling Stones Mm -hmm. and Led Zeppelin, Mm -hmm. we needed to fill the final slot and I was trying to have a conversation with you about who the consensus would be on the bands that we could include in the conversation Mm -hmm. because I want to open it up to the audience for the hotline and I don't want somebody calling and saying the Pointer Sisters or mm-hmm. someone like that. We're going to give you five choices. Mm-hmm. And you two either didn't remember how to speak English
1: <laughs> or No, you, okay, you said you just now you said you wanted to give the audience five choices. Yes. And when you were explaining it to Kevin and I, you said we've got five choices and we've got the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. We need one more.
3: Yeah, you weren't very good at explaining <laughs> you, you were that. not
1: clear. This is on you, Rob Kendall.
3: at no fewer
2: than four times did I say we already have a consensus on these bands Mm -hmm. we need one more Mm -hmm. as in we already had a consensus on the radio show (laughs) of which you are an intimate part of it is the Kendall and Casey show you are the Casey of the Kendall and Casey show you were not
1: clear because you kept saying we need one more but you kept listing multiple bands and you're adamant that we had already agreed we're on the list (laughs) You're adamant That the Eagles Belong on this list This is why People
2: are deprived Of my brilliance Every (laughs) single day In public office Because I would I told you I had to make the choice At 31 years old Not to do it anymore Because I was going to Drop dead Of a stroke Or a heart attack By the time I turned 35 And this was why So thank you (laughs) For this reminder today, I just want
1: to remind you why you need to just stay put, right where you are. So the list includes.
2: So I find. So finally, I had to look at the both of you, and I say you both get to pick one band because it will not be a band that I would pick. We're putting on the list. I'm picking the final three, and we're gonna go from there. Okay. So you picked.
1: <laughs> I said the Ramones.
2: Yes, you said the Ramones. I
1: said the Ramones. That and was my
2: pick. Great. Uh,
1: giving birth to the entire punk movement.
2: Kevin, so so here's yeah. what I asked our esteemed colleagues here to factor in <laughs> uh, when they finally started understanding and comprehending English was <laughs> longevity, mm-hmm. success, mm-hmm. and cultural influence. Yes, so the, so the, amount, the amount of hits you had, how long you did it for, and I agreed to put cultural influence mm-hmm. in as a part of that. Yeah. So you said the Ramones. Yes. You said... Nirvana. Mm-hmm. If Nirvana wins, I'm kicking you off this show. Now, can
3: I can I defend my case? <laughs> here? Yes, go ahead. So I looked up a list of bands influenced by Nirvana. Yeah, go ahead. So let's uh, reel these off here. Uh, Weezer.
2: <laughs> yeah, because the
3: WIBC audience right up there at the top, it's the Who oh, and Weezer. They love them. Lincoln Park. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see, uh, Kid Cudi. Oh yeah, yeah. is that uh, uh, is that a descendant of Cab Calloway? Per, uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to look into Pearl that. Jam Pearl Jam. Jam
1: I'm with Kevin. Uh, I think Nirvana deserves a spot because they influenced the entire grunge movement, an entire genre of Grunge. You're making rock. the case against you your own the, band. And
3: then you have the post-grunge in the 2000s. And yeah. now, if you want to talk about longev- longevity... Lana Del Rey. Oh hey. Is influenced by oh, Nirvana. Soft spot. Yeah. I don't I don't hear it, but hey. Okay, that's what she so said. you said
2: the Ramones.
3: I said the Ramones. You
2: said Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And the if you'd like to have a serious part of this conversation in our audience, you can consider these three bands. Mm-hmm. The Eagles, mm-hmm. Queen, mm-hmm. and Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. So you have to pick one. We have already picked the three. You have to decide who is going to be the fourth band on our Mount Rushmore. Would you like the terrible choices that Casey and Kevin have come up with, with the Ramones or Nirvana, or would you like to be a serious adult in this conversation mm-hmm. and choose between the Eagles, mm-hmm. the uh, Queen, mm-hmm. and Fleetwood Mac?
1: You know what? And there's one that we completely forgot that I nope. think a lot of people nope, would say. Nope, 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 nope. Don't, don't, nope, no. So you're saying I can't add the Beach Boys to nope, the list? No, nope.
2: sorry, we it's a ha- band. Nope, sorry. Done. Okay. You, people have to choose. The gavel is hammered. The, <laughs> Time is up. So you can call the hotline at 317 684 8444. You can uh, at Casey Daniels 317 at Robin Kendall on Twitter, mm-hmm. or you can uh, rob at wibc.com and we will pl- we will play those and reveal those tomorrow.
1: You said longevity, societal influence, and hits. And
2: it has to be between one of those five bands.
1: Okay, okay. You say so. Hey, do you know what the most popular Christmas song in the state of Indiana is?
2: Something by Nirvana, I'm sure. (laughs) Did Nirvana have a Christmas
1: album? No. I hope so. No. The answer, Andy Williams, Most Wonderful Time of the Year.
3: Yeah, sorry. I switched up the music a little bit. Yeah, you did. My bad. You can read
1: about it right now at WIBC.com. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. And thank you for joining us today. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.